episode 915 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 13th, and I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined this morning by Justin Mason. And, you know, Justin, finally, that's not necessarily a lie. It is the morning for both of us. It often is, but sometimes it's like afternoon for me and morning for you. But we're in the same time zone, baby. It's 8 o'clock. You do this every day. We do the pod. You wake up at 8. You're psychotic. Yeah, some people wait to go on vacation until the off season, and then See, you're like, stupid. "This season no, 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 starts, no. This I'm gone." Most, this is the most baller move ever. This is the most baller move ever. Take a vacation. I think Eno just did this too. Take a vacation right at the beginning. It's the worst. It's the worst time to f- try to write about stuff. I'm telling you, this is the this is the move. This is the move. Like a week after, you know, because you want the first week excitement. Like that's great. I would never want to like go on vacation after opening day, but this period. Yo, this is the move right here, too. Let your significant other think, like, oh, it's going to be different this year. They're going to be into me and all that during the baseball season with the vacation. And then, well, bam, see you six months. Oh, shit, my girlfriend's still in here. Okay, I didn't think about that part, but let's just keep going forward. <laughs> yeah, no, we're in Lake Havasu. Um, having a good time. Just taking a little rendezvous, a little quick, little quick jaunt out of town. I really do think it's, a, it's the right move, though, because... Uh, two reasons for me specifically. A, the, the early part of the season is difficult to write about, but also I'm be the show comes out this week and I could just be sitting at home like rocking back and forth in my chair waiting for it, curled up in a fetal position. This way I'm not even thinking about it, dude. I'm looking at sunsets and beaches and whatnot. So I think this was a great move. You cannot shame me into this decision or yeah. out of this decision. And then I'm all over here writing 10 times a week and that's right, doing seven yep. podcasts a week. and Yep. You're just yep. chilling on some yep. lake beach, just, you know, living the life. No, no, no. Don't think I'm not turning it up to, you know, 200 when I get back. But I do think a little breather right at the outset here when, like, it's impossible to write about anything uh, is not a good move. I, I like this. But we got plenty to talk about, and we're on a time crunch. Not actually because of the vacationing me, but uh, because of you. It's your fault. No, it's not your fault. It's just what it's just where we're at this morning. So let's dive right in and talk about Todd Glass now, because people he got people going crazy. Fourteen strikeouts, but more importantly, a new slider. And I think that's what's really catch, you know, the, the the gaudy stats are great, but he can do that with his two pitches when he's really on. I think the fact that he's actually sporting three pitches right now, he's not walking anybody. Is this Tyler Glass now's emergence? into being a bona fide ace. I know it's two starts, but when, or three starts, where do you currently stand with Tyler Glass now and this new development? I mean, I kind of stand where I've always stood with him. Um, the, the, the level or the, the questions have never been about talent. It's been about, can he keep his mechanics repeatable? And is he going to stay on the mound health wise? And I don't know that yeah, this is a great start. I love it. I think he's, you know, talent-wise, probably a top 10 starter, but I just don't trust that he's going to be able to keep it up over the course of a full season because he usually gets hurt or he runs into mechanical issues because he's so tall and, and, you know, things go out of whack. So is that is this going to change? I don't necessarily think so. Um, and yeah. if I had Glass now in a trading league... I would be looking to try to move him for the kind of uh, you know hitter talent that is commiserate with a top ten starter. The, the the tough part about wanting to maybe move him though is I 
feel like most of his backers are like super into him. And so the fact that they're getting, you know, what they wanted and, and then some, I think even his biggest fans weren't necessarily putting Tyler Glass down, down for a sub one ERA at 0.46. But I think, uh, you know, they're seeing this third pitch development with the slider and they're saying, oh, it's all coming together right now. And they'd be re- reluctant to move him. But, you know, do you have to put him out there for maybe some first round, second round hitting talent and just see? I I think I think you should. Um, I mean, this is a guy who has never thrown what more than a hundred and eleven and a third or uh, in two thirds um, at the majors in his entire career. He's like, mm-hmm. he's almost twenty innings in. So, I mean, this feels like it's kind of a ticking time bomb uh, type of situation. If I could go out there and I'm trying to think of a good uh, a good hitter to try to go target, um, but if I if I could go out there and move him for Xander Bogarts, yes, I I would do that. You know? Here's a quick one though. This isn't a second round talent, but he's playing like a first round talent. Would you trade him for Ramon Laureano and his seven stolen bases, three hundred or three twenty three, four hundred, five forty eight slash line? If I was really desperate for speed, I might do that. Because they were more drafted together, so then you're kind of doing like for like, but you're taking the hitting that's a little bit more stable usually than the pitching, especially somebody like Glass now, like you're bringing up. He's already had a third of his inning totals from the last two seasons. Now, last year, of course, that's everyone's deal, right? They only got 60-something innings. If that, he got 57 in the third. But 60 and two-thirds the year before that. So each of the – in fact – Three of the last four seasons, he's been at about 60 innings. So Glasnow is literally a third of the way through his workload for three of the last four years. The health is a consideration. I will say, though, um, I had smelt so many concerns about the command and control due to his height that I expressed You know, when he moved to Tampa Bay. And I said, I got to see something. He has actually you know, been pretty good. Even last year, I was up at 9% with the walk rate. That's the high end. I'm li- that's livable for me. But 6% the year before that and just 4% so far this year, he really does seem to be – I mean, he seems to have gotten over the hurdle that was with Pittsburgh when he was a double-digit walk rate guy. So I certainly feel comfortable about that. I guess the injury is something that, I mean, you can never know, right? A season like this can be just going, 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 and then, boom, something can happen. We definitely hope that doesn't happen, but – you're more open to trading him than I am. I think I think I'd kind of ride this wave if I was a big glass now believer. If, maybe if I happened upon him on uh, you know just because that's how the draft broke, I might be more interested in the trade. But if I was seeking him out, I- I'm sticking with him. Here's a question I got during the Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast live okay. stream we did last night. Would you trade him for Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Oh. That's that's really interesting. And Glass uh, now for Vlad Jr. And I said I would. You you would? Yeah. I mean Vlad, you talk about somebody else who, you know, you know what I'm thinking of too when I when I said it with Glass now. Um, you know the uh, arrested development gif with George Michael talking to his dad saying, "It's all happening, isn't it?" That's just what I keep thinking of with like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. popping off early in the year, Tyron Glass now popping off early in the year, my boy Casey Mize having a huge outing, which we'll get to. Um, 
would I do that? I might. I might. Yeah, I'd certainly, it's, I'm going to cop out and say, you know, check out my team construction, see if it fits. Because that's another thing, too. That's the ace of a lot of people's teams. So, you know, do you trade your ace to sell high? Maybe if you have some guys who are doing well in the middle. Like, it, like if you have Joe Musgrove, maybe you feel, you know, not that he's going to throw a no-hitter every time, but you feel if he's breaking out, too, maybe he ascends into that ace role. You move class now for a big hitter. I don't know, man. It's really tough. It's, it's not an easy answer. It seems to be, be a relatively easy answer for you. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, like, you know, one of the things we haven't mentioned yet that's really encouraging is how deep he's going to the games, right? So, you know, already through three starts, he's gone six innings, six innings, and seven and two-thirds. That's uh, great. And I think part of the fat, part of the reason for that is Tampa Bay's bullpen is just an utter disaster right now. Oh, yeah. And so, like, they really need to rely on some of these starters going deep, and Glasnow appears to be the guy like what you know Blake Snell's got to be like in San Diego and like what the <laughs> hell guys like what like, oh now we're pushing guys okay yeah, yeah so uh you know I do worry a little bit about just or I worry a lot about you know the health and can he keep this up over the full year I still worry a little bit about you know the walks I, I don't know that the the 60 game season where the walks were down is is indicative of a ton, but um, necessarily. Well, but... they're actually up a little bit during the six last year. That's up to nine percent from the six percent for Glass oh, now in nineteen. Right, yeah. So it's gone six, nine, and four through you know three starts this year. So, like I said, I think he's gotten over a hump from Pittsburgh to where I'm not worried about those double digit walk rates with Glass now anymore. But if you're still concerned about living in the eight to ten percent range, that's fair because that's a doubling of of where we're at right now. And so we'll have to kind of see. So the thing that you haven't really discussed, though, is what do you think about this new slider? It is a legit third pitch. He's got 55% uh, fastballs, 30% sliders, and 15% curves. It's the reason why I'm somewhat, like, hesitant to be, like, sell on glass now, right? It's it's yeah. It's been fantastic. And like you said, it's an actual third pitch as opposed to a lot of guys in spring are like, well, I'm going to throw this pitch more. And then the regular season 8%. starts, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, 5%. Yeah, because they get it, it doesn't work, you know, the first two times they throw it in an outing, and they're like, I'm not going back to that. Because you could understand how that would happen. You're, you're in the heat of the battle, and a pitch isn't working that's new. You're like, I'm not throwing that. No way. This is, you know, a one two count with two outs and fifth. Do not call this new pitch. There's no chance. So, um, but this, you know, he actually, the curveball used to be. A huge pitch for him. He's brought that down 20 points, shifted that and some fastball usage into the slider. So there's a lot to take in with with Glass now. We'll move on, but uh, well, you're open to moving. Let's Go also ahead. not forget that the quality of competition hasn't been great yet. He's gone at Miami, at Boston, and then home versus Texas. So Murderers wrote you. Yeah, let's see before. what happens okay. when he goes up against the Blue Jays and the Yankees. That's fair. I have a similar take on that for somebody that we're going to talk about later, too, that I want to get excited, but he's gone double Miami so far. Uh, let's move on to Shohei Otani. And, you know, he's just, he's awesome. I, I just, I love, I love Shohei Otani. He's so great to watch. Things have been going well. He clocked, he clocked one a buck 19 yesterday, if that, uh, if that suits you. He's got a 336, 366, 744 line with three homers, two steals, one caught, 
Um, three doubles, two triples, those aren't necessarily fantasy relevant in most leagues, but I'm just pointing out the kind of damage that he's doing out here. 11 ribbies as well. And then on the pitching side, um, he's got a 193 ERA, but a 150 whip and a 486 Sierra telling you that that ERA has been a bit fortunate, let's be honest, because he has a 57% left on base rate. It's been it's been a wonky four and two thirds that I want to put much stock into. His last start, his start last week got push, which is the danger of using him as a pitcher. And that's what I want to talk about is the deployment of Shohei Otani week to week. Because even in leagues where you get him as a whole person, you get to choose, that can still be a tough decision. If you drafted him for pitching, um, you know, are you trying to wait this out and, and play that game? Or are you just going straight for the hitting and saying, you know what? I just got a premium hitter. I'm going to figure out those innings elsewhere. Where, how would you deploy Shohei if you had him? And do you have him anywhere? Um, I do have him in a few spots. I, I was not getting him nearly as often as you were because yeah. uh, I, I didn't want to deal with the headache of him bouncing back between being a hitter and a pitcher. Obviously, in daily moves leagues, it was a much bigger target. But I'm mostly in uh, mostly in weekly or NFBC. So uh, that being said, like... As a fantasy uh, manager with Otani on a few of my teams, I've been sending him gadgets that cause blisters. <laughs> hey, put this on your fingers. It's for recovery. Yeah. What the hell? This thing hurts my fingers so badly, dude. Yeah, see, oh, Why this, Justin send this me this? This is such a fun puzzle, but man, it's, it's really, really <laughs> messing with my, my the skin on my fingers. I really feel like half of these pieces have like pieces of glass on the edge of them too. Mm-hmm. What is ha- Why does he keep sending me these glass puzzles? Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, I want him as a hitter. Like, and I, I, I yeah, said this, so- you know, coming into the season, like he he would probably be a top twenty hitter, or maybe even a top twenty overall player as just I think, a hitter. I think the second one. Yep. Yeah. I, I would take him in the top two rounds. Um, I would consider like okay, if if they said. Hitter all year. Like, let's say the pitching doesn't work this year. We come into 2022, hitter all year from day one, playing right field. I would consider taking him on the turn in a 15 team league. I mean, I, I go pitcher Otani. I mean, his stat line over the course of his career in Major League Baseball in, in just over a thousand plate appearances 50 home runs, 31 stolen bases. 272, 341, 513. Like, That's with like disjointed playing time. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, imagine the day in, day out type of deal. He'd probably legitimately be like a 40, 25 player. Um, that's, that's what I'm saying. So that's what that's why I would take him that. And I'm here's the thing. In a lot of drafts, he might not even be available to me if I was picking 13, 14, 15. You know? That's the kind of that's the kind of guy we're talking about. So you and I are pretty dead set that like, hey, we're putting him in there as a hitter right now. Um, is there anything that could change that? Like, we get into May, July, or May, June, whatever. They get away from the six man because they just they don't have the bodies or something. And he's dealing, and so now he's on a track where he can get two start. You know, he he's just a pitcher as normal, but also still raking. Does anything change your mind here? Or are you just going full bore with Otani as a hitter? I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty much going full bore with him as a hitter, unless my team dictates that I need a pitcher. So, like, if my offense is just crushing everybody in my league and I don't really need him as a uh, a hitter, uh, then yeah, I'll, I'll kind of employ him as a pitcher. 
Um, so that that would be that'd be the the one time. But yeah, no. Otherwise, I'm just he's just too good of a hitter, and he's just too consistent of a hitter as opposed to what we know or don't know what we're gonna get from his pitching. That uh, yeah, I, it's weird because coming in when he when he came from Japan. I was all like, oh, you know, the hitting's probably not going to be nearly as great. I, I'd much yep. rather use him as a pitcher. Uh, and he is just a fucking unicorn. That's all he is. He's, he's like... It, it, it's, it's the best way to describe him. I mean, he's a thousand percent a unicorn. And he's just so great, dude. I, I love watching him play and I love having him on teams. Even though there, there is that difficulty of making the decision. Like I said, I think we boiled it down to not being so difficult. It's like, hey... and. It took zero time for the shenanigans to occur where he got moved from the start because blister and everything. And it's like, okay, fine, hitter. Just just a flat-out hitter. And I have him in multiple leagues, and he's really improving the offense. So I'm cool with that. We'll revisit it down the line, I'm sure. Um, what I just hope for, no matter what, is health. You know, and, and whatever goes on, I just want, you know, blister, that's one thing. I don't want anything that takes him out uh, off the field in any capacity. So... Uh, that's what I hope for more than anything, and not just because I'm a, you know, fantasy investor, but just because he's so fun to watch, dude. Like, how can you not love watching Shohei Otani? Unfortunately, they're going to need him to keep hitting because they just took a blow elsewhere with Anthony Rendon hitting the IL with a groin strain. <sighs> you and I are huge Rendon fans, right? We we sang his praises, and I wonder if, you know, I, I don't want to just use this event and, and try to like extrapolate and you know backfill our, our thinking but we were so boggled by why he went where he went because he's such a premium hitter did we just not factor the health enough and that's where the discount comes from because he has one season over or no two over 150 games and they're back in 14 and 16 since then it's 147 136 146 I actually played all year last year 52 um, and then gets eight games into this year before getting nicked is that is that what drove? Maybe we just weren't as as mindful of like, well, yeah, it's it's the time off. Um, I would still I still take him no matter what. I kind of understand that there's going to be an IL stint, but maybe that's why he goes fourth round. Uh, what do you think about Anthony Rendon in a groin strain? Are you doing anything actual with him besides putting him on your reserve or your IL, depending on what kind of league type you're in? No, he's just going on my reserve list or my IL for now. He's just too good of a hitter. And I mean, at first when they first kind of were talking about this injury. It sounded like, oh, we're going to give him a couple days off and he'll be back. So I, I yep. assume, unless we get other news, you know, disputing that uh, at some point, like he, he'll probably be back after a minimum stay or pretty close to it. So I'm not super worried about it. But yeah, this is why his price is depressed a little bit. You know, I mean, I think he is, a you know, probably a second round talent going the third yep. or fourth round because, you know, he's going to miss, you know, time. Uh, you know, hopefully people... Uh, aren't in a situation like I am in a league where, uh, you know, in, I'm in like an NFBC 50 where I had Cabernet Hayes and Anthony Rendon, um, and it's a draft and hold. So like, I'm pretty, so have... yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm starting Eric Gonzalez at third base right now in that league. Oh. Oh. So, uh, but you know, well, at least the pirates are too, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, isn't that, isn't that Hayes' backfill? I mean, this is so the problem with those least... draft and holds. Like you want to make sure you have plenty of guys who are going to be playing at every position because in a league, I'm starting Eric Sogard because I took, oh. uh, Tatis and Mondesi. Um, 
you know, so I lost my first Dude. two picks. Plus, <laughs> that seems so good at the time, right? Like, uh, yeah. How great were you feeling about that? Oh, man, that's, it's nasty how quickly it can fall apart. You know, I, and I was actually talking about this uh, on stream the other day after one of my drafts. I was like, man, look at this. I, I feel really good about this team. I can't wait to see how it falls apart and how stupid <laughs> I feel like in a month. And Because you look at a team, you're like, well, how, how does this become a last place team, right? Like a team that you drafted that you're happy with. Like, you know, this team's not going to, there's no way. And then five red suitcases, which is the little icon they have on, uh, on NFBC, uh, 10 days in and you're like, Oh, okay. never mind. I get it now. Throw in a couple underperformances and it's over. Uh, but yeah, with Rendon, you just got to sit tight. Obviously I wasn't suggesting that you would take any action as far as cutting him. What I was kind of hinting at was, would you go buy? Would you go try and t- tap on the door of a few Rendon folks and say, I can take that off your hands. Are you interested in that? Even if it's with a almost negligible discount. Yeah, I think I would. Um, if someone is in that kind of position in which uh, they're really hurting and you have, you know, some kind of a little bit of glut of talent. They have Tatis and, and Rendon and mm-hmm. you have some of the, you know, some of the standouts already. So maybe you don't mind trading an actual, you know, premium talent of yours to go get Rendon. I don't know. Maybe there's something there that you can get at least a little discount. I wouldn't even be trying to put some, you know, rake somebody over the coals with that. I'll take a slight discount to pick up Rendon because I'm with you. I don't think this is going to be a major issue. So, all right, let's keep going. Uh, Robbie Ray comes off the DL or IL, excuse me, and uh, debuts pretty nicely. Are Are you falling for it? No, absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> moving on. I'm not even kidding. We are moving on. Zach Gallon's returning on Tuesday. Uh, what? I know that you are doing literal backflips yeah. when you put the internet because you were taking that investment shot there in the uh, super discounted, right? Did you get him once or twice? How many leagues? Uh, I just got him once with the discount. Just once, but, it, in, but a, it was... in a big draft, though. Yeah, it was my main event. I took him in the eighth round. Uh, it was like after... The injury had occurred, but before we knew what the injury was, correct. It was uh, in the it was in the period there of of not knowing what's up, and you got him eighth ninth round, yeah. Yeah, I got him in the eighth round, um, which is you know it was a great pairing of uh, I took uh, Cole and Kershaw at pocket aces in the first round, so now Gallon is my three um, on on this team. Uh, that uh, yeah, so it's already doing well in pitching. It's about to do even better. I'm I'm tentative to roll him out there this week unless I'm in a position where I have to. Uh, you know we don't yeah, know how. He's not. Yeah, we don't know how deep what, he's going to go. Two to four innings. Yeah, and he's I mean he's on the the Diamondbacks to begin with, so his win potential is lower than most uh, aces, and, and then he might be limited. the The A's started off slow, but they, they've they've started to come around now. So, I'm yeah. If if I can avoid it, I'm not starting him today. But there are there are teams I've got him on where it's like I don't have a choice. Like I, yeah, just it, give it a healthy arm is a healthy arm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean I, I th- I'm hoping that we don't have like a flare up of this injury because stress fractures tend to linger and tend to reoccur. Uh, but so far everything you know he threw like 67 innings in uh, in a simulated game through the curveball, which was the pitch that was bothering him. With mm-hmm. this injury, uh, with no problems, so it seems like it's going to be somewhat all systems go. 
yeah, that's really big for Gowan. And maybe they go beyond, uh, you know, kind of a muted start. If you could push five, that'd be just such a massive push or, or such a massive milestone for the folks that rostered him and took that chance on Gallon, And they'd have the opportunity to have gotten an ace in the middle of the draft. Like he can be so, so good. So we'll take a look at it. Obviously, it'll be one start. We'll go from there and probably talk about it on Thursday, depending on how – well, probably – I'd say regardless. We're going to talk about it on Thursday. Uh, let's move on back to the Tigers. Gil Cabrera has a mild bicep strain, uh, puts him on the IL, which doesn't affect a ton of leagues. It's not like Miguel Cabrera was a huge you know, uh, investment this year. But it does signify the emergence of Renato Nunez, who comes up – your boy – comes up and goes yard. Uh, how are you feeling about Nunez? And with, with Miggy out, are you seeing Nunez as somebody to invest in? And if so, what type of leagues? Yeah, I think you should invest in Nunez. Uh, I had him in a number of NFBC 50s uh, and um, and put him straight into my lineup yesterday. So I got the I got a little bit of that goodness uh, that we've seen already. I mean, there's a ton of power in the bat. The more impressive part is... He made some really nice defensive plays at first base yesterday, which will endear him to AJ Hinch uh, and kind of the Tigers organization because his one of his biggest question marks is, you know, he's not a good defender, right? So, uh, you know, it's hard when Miggy comes back to have him on this team. I don't know how long Miggy's supposed to be out for, but it, I mean there are some concerns about this injury. If he's available, like I think you in probably 15 team leagues, you definitely need to go get him. But I think even in 12s, uh, especially if you're power deficient. home run hitter. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. If you're power deficient, Renato Nunez could be the guy for you. Pop 31 in 2019, pop 12 last year. Uh, you know, if you kind of stretch that out, it's, it's, it's faulty to believe that this is like the number, but if you just kind of triple it, you get a general idea of where things could have gone 36, but honestly just scale a few off and you're right back at the 31 mark that he had in 2019. Bottom line is he's played like a 30 home run hitter for the two last two seasons. Renato Nunez has, and that has value. I think in a lot of 12s as well, maybe not tens. You're still kind of like maybe, maybe to fill in here and there, he's like a streamer hitter, but uh, do not ignore Renato Nunez when he's playing every day. Tigers playing pretty well too, by the way, he made those defensive plays for Casey Mize, who was dealing against the uh, against the Astros yesterday on the road. Now, you know, fantasy-wise, there's a little sting taken out of this because it's not a huge swing and miss game. Uh, you know, even yesterday, I think he had just six swings and misses. He has a 6% swing and strike rate through his 11 innings, but he has a .82 ERA and a 118 whip. He's been excellent. Velo's up 95.3 compared to 93.7 last year. We're starting to see glimpses of the, you know, over number one overall pick from a few years ago with Casey Mize. The, the statistical profile I've always comped him to is peak Jordan Zimmerman. And I know when people say that name, you instantly shudder because you think of the end of Jordan Zimmerman's career. But if you forgot, go back and look at how great he was uh, for the for those peak years in Washington. A lot of volume, a lot of good ratios, but medium Ks. And I think that's what we should expect out of Mize. What do you think of that comparison? I think that's a pretty good comparison. Um, I mean, I think he has much better natural stuff than Zimmerman, but I loved I loved Zimmerman early in his career, and I, I, I was upset. Yeah, I, I was I, huge on him. I can't tell you how upset I was when the Giants signed 
uh, Jeff Samarja and Johnny Cueto instead of Zimmerman. Um, oh, dude, I was and I was geeked when they signed him. I really was. I was like, you know, it's not going to be the whole career or the whole contract wasn't going to be great. Maybe the last year or two, but we get a couple good years and it'll be nice mid rotation guy. Oh my goodness, what a what a failure contract that was, and it really fell apart. So I certainly hope Casey Mize doesn't follow that trajectory, but he looks good. Uh, you know, they turned the reins loose a little bit yesterday too. That's what I liked to see was that he got that seventh inning where you could have easily seen scenarios where, okay, you threw six scoreless against Houston, we're going to get you out. No, 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 you're going out again. And I had some Tiger fan friends, uh, and again, they're Tiger fans, so they're very, you know, orange and blue-colored glasses with it, but they're like, he could have gone eight. Like, he was dealing like that last night. Um, so that was cool to see from Mize. Are you upgrading him in in formats? Like, you know, he was drafted in most leagues but probably seen as like a bench streamer type in like 10 and 12s. Are you putting him in your lineup going forward in, in most formats right now? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I like the potential, but I think young pitchers like this are going to struggle, you know, kind of start to start at some time, sometimes struggle start to start. Yeah. And he just doesn't have the swing and miss stuff. Like it's just. Neither do you. Yep. Yeah. I, I know, but this is why you don't Look start me every week, right? <laughs> so I do, though. I've actually kept you in my roster for several years. I, I know, which I really device. appreciate it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's 22% at ESPN. Let me ask you this, though. Would you pick him up as a bench streamer, which is just yes. moving a guy off your bench, put him in the rock lineup, as opposed to a regular streamer, somebody you bring up, start, and then cut? Because I, I got him as a bench streamer in a 10-team head-to-head just kind of spot. Now, I didn't get this start because it was Houston on the road. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to do that. But Oakland, later in the week, I'm thinking, yeah, personally. Yeah, I, I'd probably do that start. Um, but that, that, that'll be the madness of a young pitcher, right? Because you'll miss yep. out on the Houston start, and then he'll get blown up against Oakland. Yep. Uh, so, yep. but yeah, I mean, yes, instead of just like a traditional streamer, he's more of a stream and hold kind of guy. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he should be... He should be rostered in every league, but that doesn't mean he needs to be on your team. Correct. There we go. That, that, that's one of our favorite things to say, too. Like, you may not have the spot for him. Don't force it. Casey Mize looking good, but he's not super high fantasy impact because of those strikeouts. Um, and the win probability is not going to stay very high. The Tigers, I know they're playing well, but they're not very good. All right, let's talk about some more fast starts and what to do with them here in our final uh, you know, handful of minutes. I want to talk to Tyler Naquin because he doesn't just have the one big game. You know, I think sometimes when a guy has a huge game like that, it, it will certainly buoy his numbers in, in a big way. But I feel like he's collecting hits in most games lately. And he's really forcing some decisions there in Cincinnati uh, with the outfield setup that they have. Uh, is Tyler Naquin in all formats play right now? He's got five homers, uh, 14 runs batted in, 293, 806 line. He's had some success in the past. Now we're we're a bit removed from that. His rookie year of 2016 was pretty nice, but he hasn't really done anything since then. A lot of it's been the fact that he hasn't played. He has just 209 total games since 2016. Um, so injuries, underperformance have all contributed to that. What do we do with a 30-year-old resurgent Naquin? I, I'll be honest because I'm uh, on vacation and I don't, do anything with it? No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I have not like researched to see like is there a swing change? Did he do something, or is he just running hot? Have Have you done any of that back work on on Naquin? 
I haven't seen anything that suggests a swing change necessarily. He is running just extremely red hot. Go over to his StatCast page. That is what you want to see. We're talking about 100 percentile in hard hit percentage, 95th percentile in max exit velocity, 98th percentile in average exit velocities, barrel percentage uh, percentile is 93rd. Uh, even his sprint speed is the 86th percentile. Like he's got a steel chipped in too. Yeah, Naquin is like he's doing everything. And you know, 30s not ancient, but it is an interesting kind of surge out of nowhere for for Naquin playing for the other Ohio team. He played his career in Cleveland to this point. I just I, obviously he's rostered in just about every league unless you have folks not paying attention. So it's not about picking him up. I mean, go check your waiver just in case. But I'm really asking, are you just blindly starting him across all formats right now? Because I'm going to say, yes, I am and, uh, until, it, until it starts to fizzle. I can't miss any of these stats. In a daily moves league, I am. In a weekly moves league, it depends on what my other options are. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Jesse Winker's now back. We saw him sit yesterday. We've seen him sit a, you know, a few times now. Like He's not going to be playing every day. Um, and you have that's, to, that's you, really the tough part. You have to also talk about the quality of competition for the Reds. We're, we're talking about a team that, yes, the, the series, you know, they opened against St. Louis. That's a good team. But then he did the majority of his damage again in two games against Pittsburgh and one game against Arizona. Like, mm-hmm. that's not like it, we're not talking about like world beater kind of teams here. We're talking about <laughs> two of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, and then he wasn't in the lineup against uh, the, you know, uh, Aaron Sanchez and the Giants last night. So I, I think he's probably, you know, moving forward at least until Akiyama comes back because then Akiyama is going to come back and they're going to play him too. So um, yeah, he's probably going to play four to five times a week, and you know, you really need that power to show in those yeah, four yeah. to five times if you're if you're playing him in a weekly league. So. I mean, here's, I'll tell you exactly how I'm feeling about Tyler Nankin, because tonight is the fab for Raz Slam, right? He's mm-hmm. not, he's not one of the guys I'm trying to pick up. Okay. Now I've got I, a I top, like, fair. I've got like a top 10 overall team in Raz Slam. Um, okay. So clearly, okay. but you I mean, that. it means like, I don't have like guys to, a lot of guys to drop, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you use that as a way to just absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely. Which, I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. You should. I drafted my Gen- wife genius in way that, to do that. I drafted my <laughs> wife in that league, and I'm like top ten overall. That's so funny. Um, yeah, no, he's he's been insane. I think that's a good point though, too, right? Because something like Cutline Rat Slam, um, where there haven't been any pickups yet. All those, you know, the mean Mercedes, the Akil Badus, Tyler Naquin, they're all available, and you really meet, need to make the decisions on. Do I want these guys? Now, those are going to do the work for you as far as uh, putting Naquin in mm-hmm. when he's good on something like Cutline, which is best ball. You're also which stuck is with him until mid-June. Bingo. And that's the thing. Is he, a, is he you know, a half player? Um, because I think you really need to keep an eye on the schedule and the way you're talking because if he's a lefty. If they've got uh, four lefties coming up, I guess the real question, though, who plays because the other two guys that you mentioned, Winker and Akiyama, are both lefties as well. Senzel's obviously playing every day that he that his body can mm-hmm. handle. Cassianos is playing uh, every so, day as well too. So 
You True. really you've really got three guys rotating for like one, one and a ha- one and a half spots. Because they'll give Senzel time off just to kind of protect him because he he does miss time. But you still have yeah. three guys for one and a half spots unless they're playing in an American League park for some reason. So like and, and Winker is way better. Yeah. Yeah, and they may want to trade ball. Winker, like you know, so they need to build up that value, um, you know. And they're paying Akiyama, and this is a team that was very money conscious in the off season. So, like, do I mean I think they'll kind of lean on the hot hand in a guy like Naquin, but I don't know that they're going to just give him the full time role at any point. Yeah, and that's the tough part. Like, his greatest, obviously, if he keeps playing well, he's going to get some time, but we all know he's not going to play at this capacity. What if he comes back down to kind of his league average level? He's a career 780 OPS, 103 OPS plus. If Naquin's back down at that level, he's fitting in here and there as a quality fourth outfielder type. So be careful. It's a great, great start. Uh, if there are things out there about him changing, please please hit us up on Twitter because I haven't seen him. Um, like I said, I've been out of the house for a couple of days, so I haven't really sought it out. But I do want to know if there is something to that's underlying this change, maybe to give it a little bit more heat. But right now, I'm keeping him a little bit at arm's length. Like, I'm if I got him, I'm playing him. But I know that this can end any moment. So he's definitely a Cinderella type with Naquin. Let's talk about Philip Evans. That is a real player. Um, he's 28, and he had a little he had a little run last year in 11 games, very similar to this, uh, where he, you know put up a big. OPS total, had a homer, nine ribbies. He's got three homers in nine games so far this year, 406, 457, 750. Believe it or not, he's still a rookie <laughs> despite having parts of playing in parts of four seasons dating all the way back to 2017. So he got 19 games in 17, 15 games in 18, didn't play in 19, 11 last year, nine this year. Add it all up. He's finally 141 plate appearances. That should be... You know, he'll be done with rookie status after this year for sure. But he's a 28-year-old rookie playing for Pittsburgh. Do you want Philip Evans? I kind of (laughs) do. I mean, (laughs) uh, this is so weird because when people started talking about, ooh, Philip Evans, Philip Evans, um, I I, I, I was like, are you talking about Philip Irvin? Like, I mean. I like I, I don't I don't know who you're talking about. Like I had to actually go. Yeah, I like Philip Irvin. Yeah, yeah, he's dope. Yeah, like I I don't know who you're why, why you're talking about this guy, um. But he's playing pretty close to every day, and they're hitting him second in this lineup, um. Which you know it's not a good lineup by any stretch of the imagination, uh. But volume, baby, volume. Yeah, he he could volume his way. I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about. A career 141 plate appearances at the majors, but he is hitting 320, uh, 397, 464 over the course of his career at the major leagues. Um, Pittsburgh is devoid of talent. The question becomes <laughs> That's a good uh, way to put it. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's true. Um, question becomes is like, where does he play once Cabranian Hayes comes back? Because Hayes is working his way back right now. I think he'll be back in the next week or two, um, and obviously Hayes is going to play full-time. Now, over the course of his career, he has played everywhere. He's played first, second, third, left, and right field. So they can clearly just move him around and make him kind of a super utility guy, but at the same time, there's 
like I guess I, I guess the the answer is like Adam Frazier moves back to the outfield. Um, That's what I was thinking. And Dustin Fowler and, hits the bench. But you know who else has to maybe hit the bench? His Polanco, dude. How it, dare you speak that way? Dude, I know. Come on. He's striking out again like crazy. Um, 138, 286, 172. I know it's it's 35 point appearances, but it's carrying on more just utterly awful plate work there for Gregory Polanco. I guess he is walking a bit more this year. Cool. That's probably like two walks, though. Uh, actually, let me see the, the raw count. It's six walks. Okay, I mean, that's like something, six walks and 35 plate appearances. But he is still striking out 34% against the 17% walk rate. Maybe he starts losing some time, too. Polanco does. Get Frazier into the outfield. Keep Evans in. Obviously, if Evans continues to perform at a high level, not necessarily this level. We know he's not going to maintain a 229 WRC+. plus. But if he continues to perform at like a 120 WRC+, plus. I think he's going to find pretty regular time. And if he is batting up in the order, like when Cabrian Hayes comes back, I don't think he'll bat two, but he could bat top half. And that volume, volume plays a big role in fantasy success. So I wouldn't dismiss him outright. I think 15 teamers and NL only is the only place I'm looking right now, but I'm going to throw him on the watch list in 12 teamers. I, I do have a bid on him in Raslam right now. Like, I mean, I, okay. I think this so is... Okay, so you're definitely... I think one thing that you kind of hinted at too, he could add position eligibility as the season goes, and that could really make Evans, you know, a nice little utility piece. For a guy I never really heard of prior to like <laughs> this last week, uh, like go over and look at his Statcast stuff. It's not like off the charts, but what is off the charts is his K percentage. He's only striking out an eight and a half percent clip right now. Uh, and then he, you know, he he's barreling the ball decently. Uh, exit velocity is is pretty decent. I mean, everything is like it's not blood red, but it's red and pink, like the whole thing. So uh, pretty good, yeah, it's pretty good. So. I think that I, just... I I think because he's on such a bad team that he's going to get the opportunities to continue yes. to play. And I worry that the bad team and the twenty eight year old uh, aspect is going to have people dismissing him maybe a little bit too much when you're saying there's some plate skills here, at least with the contact that might be able to be mined for some fantasy talent. So keep an eye on that. Let's move on to Oscar. Oscar. You know uh, I never <laughs> know if I'm saying I, that right. I'm let glad me. you said it. Not me. Let me see. Let me see if, uh, if B ref has anything. Oh no, you don't have anything for H U A S C A R for us, but they got names like Jones in the pronunciation guide. Come on. I think I'm right with Oscar Anoa, but you know what I am right with was starting in yesterday because boy went off. Now, my buddy Darren, big Braves fan, actually put me on him. He said, hey, it's one start. Just keep an eye on on what Anoa did. Um, you know, he looked great in this start against Washington. Whatever. You know, just kind of a passing comment. And I looked in, I was like, okay, okay, throwing 96, getting some big whiffs. Got a two-start coming up, and I put him down the list in a lot of my NFBC leagues. Now, I ended up getting guys before it got to him. He was actually pretty popular. Like Again, nothing gets by the NFBC crowd as a whole, and so I wasn't – because it's deeper leagues too, I wasn't surprised that his two-start was uh, was sought after. Um, but I did get him in, in one league, my 10-team my points league, head-to-head. I started him, and he was excellent against the Marlins last night. Big heat at the top of the zone. 
nasty sliders all day, getting getting the swings and miss uh, misses. He has a thirty five percent strikeout rate, fifteen percent swinging strike rate, and just five percent walks, with a point seventy five ERA and a point sixty seven WHIP over his twelve innings. That that includes two starts and then a, a one relief inning on April third because he's the fifth starter. So a lot of those guys got some got an inning or two. Uh, early in the season, it was five shutout against Washington with five strikeouts. Yesterday was six innings of one run ball with 10 punches. Now, the big concern with Anoa, he's a legit two strike guy. The changeup's barely a show me. In fact, this year he has not shown it at all. It's 55% fastballs, 45% sliders. So yeah, that's going to it, at least breed some volatility in itself. At least he's throwing a sinker. Like he's well, yeah. So that that gives a different look on the fastball. That's mm-hmm. a fair point too, by the way. I think sometimes we dismiss two different fastball looks, at least being something, yeah, more than literally just two of the same pitch. Especially because he straight, keep, straight eater. He keeps the four seam up in the zone, and then the sinker, yeah, sinker is kind of down in the zone or below the zone, and so it kind of keeps two different eye levels, uh, which I think is important. He also has thrown that slider like almost 50% of the time so far. So I love that, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I hate to say it, but isn't this kind of what we wish uh, Tenelson Lamette would do, right? I mean, uh, you know, throw mm-hmm. something a little bit different, uh, you know, a third pitch of some sort. Uh, I, I miss, didn't need to last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, man, I, I, I missed the boat on this guy. I, I should have been in on him. I saw the first start. I was super impressed. I was like, hey, he's young. I don't even know if he's in the rotation. They announced he was going to be in the rotation full-time, uh, at least for the near future, before yesterday's start. And then he just goes out and shoves. And now... He just dominated. Yeah. And now in the, the leagues where he is available, you're just going to have to blow a ton of fab. And I'm okay doing that. Yep. Like, I just am. Oh, yeah. No, I, like there's like I said, there's going to be some volatility with, with kind of... Uh, you know, just fastballs and sliders. Even if even if you're breaking up the fastball and the two pitches, I think that will breed some volatility. But when you what you saw last night, I know Miami is not a team to like do backflips about beating. And I actually was mistaken. I thought he beat the Marlins twice. I think I actually tweeted that to somebody too. I said, "Hey, it's been the Marlins twice, but let's relax." At Washington, that, I like Washington. I don't think that they're they were they were over. missing a lot of guys though. Oh, okay, okay. Oh yeah, actually, I see that now. I see that now. Um, yeah, they had Andrew Stevenson batting fifth. So that, yeah, that yeah, Hernan they, they Perez, just got, yeah. they just got Bell and yeah, yeah, yeah. back yesterday. So that's completely worth mentioning. So let's let's actually just say it is kind of a double Marlins situation because that's not a full <laughs> Washington. I mean, team, the Marlins don't have a Soto Trey. or a Trey. Yeah, like but no Soto was. Hang on, was Soto in? I'm pretty sure he was. Soto, oh, Soto wasn't. Soto yeah. wasn't. Okay, so Soto and Trey makes it better. Whatever. You get the point. It wasn't peak Washington, but I don't want to dismiss it either. Anyway, regardless of how you feel about the the matchups, I think Anoa's got a little something. I was intrigued enough to go put him on my I wish I'd have been more aggressive, to be honest, because I was put on a tip. And I, the only reason I didn't like write about it or anything, I was like, I just want to see. Because it's a tip from somebody else that I, don't, I, I didn't want to put my stamp on it because I didn't have research behind it. But man, I wish I'd have said a little something like, yo, I picked him up for this. Because then I can be like, I'm a streaming genius. I also streamed Cobb yesterday in that league. I really am a streaming genius for at least uh, today. I'll be complaining in like a week about how yeah, I started these I'll two talk. guys like, against these two terrible teams. And they gave up 12 total runs. Which is what I did over the weekend, by the way. Sorry, we are, we're running on time. So we're going to skip your guy, Johnny Cueto. 
Uh, we're going to talk Wade Miley. Crusty vet either way, Wade Miley or uh, or Johnny Cueto. We'll get to Cueto later because I actually am a fanboy of his. But Wade Miley dealt yesterday. He's been dealing. He's got 11 scoreless. Is Wade Miley back a bit? Because remember, he had that good season with Houston that really bottomed out with the, those two starts in September that pushed him from like looking like he was going to be, you know, a low to mid three ZRA for the year to a three ninety eight is what it ended up pushing him at, which is good for Miley, but kind of soured the taste. And then last year he threw fourteen and a third bad innings before he was done. This year he's back. He's looking good. I know it's San Francisco and uh, the Pirates. You putting any stock into Miley? I mean, it's San Francisco, but San Francisco hits lefties really well. Um, yeah. He he got a little bit lucky in this one. Evan Longoria should have had two home runs. Um, really? Yeah, there was. I mean, in any other park, especially Cincinnati, uh, <laughs> he would he would have given up yeah. some earned runs. Uh, he, yeah, he this, loved... was, this was at Cisco last night. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he the changeup looked fantastic, right? Um, and and when the changeup's going well, Miley is usually going fairly well as uh, also. Um, so that's a good sign. The rest of his stuff doesn't look that impressive. Uh, I mean, I think this is still kind of a streamer. Maybe it's a stream and hold type of situation, depending on the depth of your yeah. league. But it's it's still you don't want to start him every game, especially pitching in Cincinnati, because that will be a problem at some point. I think that's completely fair. Maybe team streamer for Miley in your shallower leagues, but I think in your deeper leagues right now, you might have to use him and, and kind of have him in there pretty regularly in a fifteen teamer NL only and kind of play it by ear as the season develops, but I think he's doing enough to at least be on the radar of all formats uh, on the radar. You don't have to go get him in 10 teamer right away. Um, he does have another start this weekend. Who's it against? Do you know, by chance off the top of my head, I, I couldn't tell you. I, 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 I don't either, but he was also somebody who was kind of looked at in a lot of leagues for the two start off to a great start there with the first one. And we'll see how it goes with Miley this weekend against Cleveland. Not a, not. Yeah, difficult. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And then at St. Louis next week, which is also something that I would use in a lot of leagues. At St. Louis does not terrify me. But anyway, that's going to wrap us up. Doing it on the road here. I'll be back. Don't worry. I'll be back for Thursday's episode. And uh, I won't be lounging on vacation, making you extremely jealous. Okay? Uh, I'm sure you will. It's good. It's good <laughs> to hear from you, buddy. I'm glad you recovered from that shot. Thank you. I did. It was actually brutal, dude. It really got me. I, I think I slept like 17 hours and I'm, I somebody who sleeps like four or five hours a night. And that second shot punched me, man. It got me, but I'm all better now. It is literally like a 24 hour thing. So Justin, have a good one. I'll talk to you in a couple of days. Take it easy.